Matthew 25, verse 14. It reads, Again, it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man with the two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will to be give, will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I, um, I don't know how Matt does it with the transition from uh, music to preaching, but... I need just a minute <laughs> to uh, to settle down, so I appreciate uh, Nick reading that for us. Last week, uh, Matt asked me, he'd asked me to preach a while back, and uh, he says, so what are you preaching on? And I said, well, in light of uh, Christ's uh, return, how should we live? And he says, well, then I'm going to not talk about that at the end of last week. He had planned to say some things. He said, I'm just going to not steal your thunder. And then the other thing is, I looked at the list of uh, things that people had said they wanted to preach for the summer, and uh, one of them said, uh, overcoming fear. Another one was a purpose for spiritual gifts, and so I thought, well, this also uh, cuts for that as well. So we ended up the book of Revelation last week at the very end Uh, Jesus promises that he's coming soon, and then John offers a prayer, come Lord Jesus. That's how it ends up. If we think of different scriptures about the coming of Jesus, 1 John 2.28 says, And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. And then 2 Peter 3.8 uh, verse through 8 through 11. Don't forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. A thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. 
Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? So that's how I ended up in Matthew chapter uh, 25 and the parable of the talents, which uh, Nick read from uh, the New International Version. And I wanted to um, set up the context um, from Matthew 24 and 25. So um, I'm a little pumped, so I need to relax a little bit, but also I'm going to ask you guys to hang in there and, and uh, let's go. Put on the seatbelt and, uh, and let's get going. So, <laughs> um, okay, so Matthew 24 and 25, Jesus makes a prophecy that the temple is going to be destroyed and the disciples say, when's this going to happen? And what's going to be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus says four times in Matthew 24, now don't be deceived, don't be deceived, don't be deceived, don't be deceived. Why would he say that? Because some of them were going to be deceived, right? People don't say that if it's, if it's easy, if it's, cl- if it's clear, if it's plain. No, Jesus says over and over again in that chapter, um, he says, my coming is not going to be in secret. It's not going to be, it, it's at a time when nobody knows. Nobody knows. You got it? Nobody knows. You guys got it? You, oh, oh, okay. Have, nobody knows. That's the main point. Not even Jesus. It says not even the Son of Man in verse 36 of chapter 24. You say, how is that? How does that work? I don't know how that works. But in any case, he says, nobody knows. You got it, people? Nobody knows. Don't be deceived. Okay, okay, all right, all right. So the main point, it's going to be loud. There's going to be a huge trumpet. It's going to be everywhere. It's not going to be in secret. Got it? Okay. So in, uh, he repeats that quite often uh, through that chapter. Um, verse 42 of, ch- of chapter 24 Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day the Lord will come. What's the main point? Anyway, um, it could be soon, but it could be delayed, right? So, wait, Jesus, why don't you tell us when it's going to be? Why don't you tell us when exactly it's going to be? Well, I don't know, you could say. But uh, how do we know how to live, because if it's... If it's going to be a while, then that would change my life plans, right? That would change what I'm going to do. So Jesus goes into a series of uh, illustrations or parables about, okay, here's how you're supposed to live. I remember teaching uh, Sunday school for teenagers here 20 years ago, and they wanted to know about the Lord's return. And every time I looked in a passage in Scripture, when the disciples asked that question, he said, here's how you should, how you should live. And the disciples said, no, wait a second. What's the details? How do we know? Here's how you should live. Are we not getting it? And this is what the students said. The, the kids in class was so, how can we predict what's really going to go on? We want details. Okay, here's how you should live. So uh, he says this over and over. Um, at the end of chapter 40, 24, um, he says, uh, some people, I'm going to entrust uh, folks into their care, and they're going to beat people. And they're not going to feed them when they're supposed to feed them. Sounds like pastors to me. And I'm going to come back, and they're going to be in deep you-know-what, right? And then he talks about uh, some um, bridesmaids, the ten bridesmaids. There's five wise, and there's five foolish. And the, uh, the foolish are foolish because they thought it was enough just to be invited to the wedding. Isn't that it? No, Jesus says you got to be ready. 
You've got to be ready. You're foolish if you're not ready. You think, wait a second. This is getting in deep. Yeah. Uh, did I tell you don't be deceived, he said? Don't be deceived? Okay. In this country, this country has been deceived a couple times. There was one in 1843, a fellow named Miller said, I figured it out exactly when the Lord's going to return, and it's going to be 1843. And uh, it didn't happen. And so his response was, I was wrong. It's 1844. Does this sound familiar? So what would Jesus say about that? Don't be deceived. You just don't know. Nobody knows. So the parable of the talents is one we're going to look at today. And then that's what should you do while he's gone. And then the last one is the parable of the sheep and goats. How do you treat other people while I'm gone? Here's a hint. Treat them like you would Jesus. So that's the context of what we're looking at to Matthew 25, the parable of the talents, verse 14 through 30. And when I was checking out these things on the Internet, I found out that a lot of people don't like Jesus' parables. <laughs> and you think, well, what's wrong with the parables? I, th- I like them. Well, people said life shouldn't be like that. He should have used different type of parables. In fact, this parable that we're going to talk about today is really about the rich oppressing the poor. Uh, and that uh, we should uh, stick it to the man and reject the whole capitalistic system. Don't buy into it. So they're really the wicked, lazy servants, the one we should follow an example, I think. Okay, you missed something. You missed something. Uh, so Jesus uses parables to illustrate his main point. He uses examples from real life. I love that. It's not some fantasy world. It's not how the world should be. And sometimes people look at his parables and say, well, that wasn't right. No, but what's his point? You think of the parable of the shrewd manager who's dishonest. And you think, well, wait, are, is he telling us we should be dishonest? No, no. What's the main point? So not some fantasy world. So what I want you to do is, um, is take a look at uh, first the way that Jesus sets up the story. So in verses 14 through 18, the evil capitalist oppressor... Wait, no, that's wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> again, it says again... Wait, again what? Well, it's just like the last thing I've been telling you. It's just like the last two chapters I've been telling you. Same idea, right? I'm going to return. You don't know the day, the hour. So um, it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. See, also the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. So we don't know when he's going to return. Who do you think the man going on the journey is? If you're going to take a wild guess. Jesus, right? That's the answer you get in Sunday school whenever you ask any question. <laughs> or, or God or Bible. Yeah, it varies. But, um, so uh, this word uh, talent uh, first meant, well, we use it today for an, uh, a knack, an ability, a gift. Um, but it doesn't mean that in the parable. It was used uh, first for a unit of weight, about 75 pounds, and then it came to stand for the largest amount of money you could think of. And so 
from, uh, from another book, um, Matthew 20. There's a parable about the, the laborers. We find out that a denarius was a day's wages for a common laborer. A talent was five to 6,000 denarii. Is that how you say it? Do you guys know? Do you care? Anyway, so five to 6,000 days wages. So let's just say 20 to 30 years of wages. So we're not talking about a small amount of money. When I did my calculations, I came up with um, about $500,000. So the one guy's getting $2.5 million. The other guy's getting a $1 million, and the last guy's getting $500,000, okay? So it's not chump change. It's not Jesus saying, here's a 20, do what you can for the Lord, right? This is a huge amount that he's entrusting. And this, to me, speaks of the grace of God that he's given to us and how much confidence he has in each one of us. I'm entrusting this to you. Do what you can, all right? Do what you can for the kingdom. Just imagine if he would have said, listen, I'm giving these kids to you. I want you to raise them. I want you to be the best parents you possibly can. These are priceless to me. These kids are priceless. That's the type of thing that he's entrusting to us in this parable of the talents. Did you notice that they weren't given the same amount? Is that fair? Have you noticed that some people can handle uh, heavy responsibility and other people can't? If you run a business, do you know the people that can handle it and the people that can't? Do you give the people that can't heavy responsibility? That'd be foolish. It would be foolish. So, oh, just a second. Does anybody want to know the secret to be uh, miserable and bitter? People always talk about happiness, but I think, you know, it seems the way that we're living, sometimes we are miserable and bitter, so maybe that's our goal. But one of the secrets, and I just got to, I wish it wasn't a microphone because I could just whisper it to you. One of the secrets is to compare yourself to other people with what they got. That's a secret to being miserable and bitter. (laughs) Hey, how come this guy got $2.5 million and this other guy got a million dollars and I got a stinking little $500,000? Again, I'm going to go back in the past 20 years in a Sunday school class, teens, and these two girls, sisters, if you're around here, just wipe this out of your mind who it might be. But anyway, this one girl had a complaint. My parents took... Our parents took us down to Portland to go shopping, and they spent $273 on her and only $267 on me. Isn't that unfair? (laughs) And I was, my jaw dropped. I'm just, and another girl in the class says, "Um, your parents gave you money to go shopping? (laughs) What? But if you want to be miserable, compare yourself to other people. Man. Uh, there have been times in my life when I did this. I had a roommate in graduate school, and I used to complain that uh, I, don't, I don't like this. You got smarts, you got athletic ability, you got good looks, you got everything, and I got schmutz. And, and he says, well, Gary, there is that one little thing that's affected my life. What? Well, I'm black. Oh, come on. It's overrated. Anyway, he was saying, he was saying that that kind of balanced things out. So um, <laughs> so Jesus doesn't give the same to each one, and he is fair. 
It's according to what we can handle. Now, that is tough. If you reject this truth, good luck in your unhappy life. Um, <laughs> see, okay. So anyway, um, I don't like this one. Did you notice that it says after a long time? What's the point? Is he coming back soon or is he coming back later? We don't know, right? <laughs> you guys are going to get really tired of me saying that. But the, the thing is, Jesus is going to hold us accountable for how we use what we've been given. Oh, my goodness. In the first two, I love these first two. kind of wanted to stop after the second one. Um, each of those double their master's investment and are praised for it. Um, just as a side, how much has God invested in you? Oh, my goodness. His life. Yes. Um, do you think he expects an investment return? Yeah. So five return five. He says, good job, way to go. Two return two. He says, good job, way to go. Verse 21 and 23 are exactly the same. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Um, what's the servant praised for? He was famous. Faithfulness. His faithfulness. Yeah, you were there every single day. You did it, and I'm really proud of you. Um, when we were up front uh, practicing, Ramey brought up an example of what this last part is going to be. Come and share your master's happiness. It's like a banquet award, a word banquet, where... You're, you're there for a feast, and he says, come on, it's hosted by the, the, the master. It's ho- hosted by the boss. And he says, hey, listen, I want to brag about this person right here. Let me tell you about them. Let me tell you what they did this year. I want to show you how they used the grace they're given. That's how I imagine uh, this, uh, the master's happiness. So then he says, this other thing is, you've been faithful to a few things. A few things? $2.5 million? It's chump change. Now I'm going to give you what? Rest and relaxation retirement. Ah, more responsibility. What? That didn't seem. Okay, that's what he says. That's what he says. I will put you in charge of many things. So the reward for doing your very best and being faithful is you get to do more. Ew. There's a theme here, and that theme is that the grace that God gives us um, we're to use it in service to others and to honor him. So, like I said, I'd like to stop here. I think this is a good ending for it, uh, but we can't. We can't. So we've got to go on to verse 24, where we will be held accountable. We'll be held accountable for how we use the grace of God. So verse 24 says, Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I know that you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. (laughs) He wants praise too. Oh, man. So look at this guy. In all the parables that Jesus gives in chapter 24 and 25, well, in, in these three and 25, all these folks claim to know the Lord. They all claim, Lord, Lord, when did we treat you this way? 
They all claim. These are to disciples. These are to Jesus' disciples. This is not to unbelievers. So I know you're a hard man. It could mean harsh as well. And so what's he doing? What is this guy doing? He's trying to get out of his failure by blaming the master. Does this sound familiar? You think in terms of Genesis? What did Adam say when he was confronted? Well, the woman you gave me, Lord, she gave me the fruit and I ate. What? what? You're blaming the Lord for giving you a gift? Yeah. Yeah. And look at the other thing that he says. This is He's trying to flatter the master, but he's also trying to blame the master. He resents him. And he says, you're unreasonable in your expectations. You shouldn't have, been, you shouldn't have given me this bag of money. Wow. This is all theological, isn't it? He, uh, he believes in God. He believes God is sovereign and all-powerful and doesn't need anything from anybody, untouched by anybody. I'm such a poor, humble servant. I have just this one little talent. And I really can't use it for you, Lord. So here it is. I saved it. I buried it. I was afraid. I was afraid. So what was he afraid of? What would you be afraid of? If you were given $500,000, what would you be afraid of? Losing it. Was that possible? It was. It was. So you think, okay, let's say, let's say uh, the Lord gave me $2.5 million and I invested it in 2008 in real estate. So I come back, <laughs> he comes back five years later, four years later, and I say, well, here you go, Lord. Uh, <laughs> I can't sell the houses, and uh, now they're worth a third of what they were. It doesn't cover that in this passage, but uh, I'm just thinking. So the problem for this guy is he, he blamed the master, but he took no risks. Wow. He, took, he did nothing. He didn't do anything. And he expects praise for this. God, you give me all, these, all this grace, all these gifts, all these wonderful things. I haven't done a thing with it. I haven't helped anybody else. I didn't use it in your service. But can I get praise for that? Anyway, Jesus is the one that makes this parable. Can you see why people don't like the parables? Will Rogers was a cowboy comedian. And in the 1930s during the Great Depression, he said, that it wasn't the return on capital that he wanted, but the return of capital. He didn't want interest, but that was a different time. And that was a time when people were losing everything. So in verses 26 through 30, the master is not fooled by this flattery. And he says some really bad things. You wicked, lazy servant. Now, wait a second. Who's Jesus in the... This probably isn't the part that applies to Jesus, right? Yeah. I just want the sweet flannel graph Jesus. The one, that, the one that's always nice and always sweet. I don't want this one like in the Revelation. I, I don't like that. I did, there must be some, something wrong here. Maybe Revelation shouldn't be in the book of the Bible. Maybe it's, it's a metaphor. That's it. I got it. Anyway, so um, this parable exposes the servant's false humility. He did nothing. Is it so bad to do nothing at all? Uh, Evidently so, according to Jesus in this parable. Um, He's lazy. Sometimes laziness is comical, but uh, 
Sometimes we think the gifts and the grace have been given to us for just us. Now, it is for us, but it's not just for us. It's given to us for servant. And then uh, in verse um, 28, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. So use it or lose it, right? What happens to a tree if it doesn't produce fruit? Dies, chop it down. That's another parable that happens. What happens to muscles if you don't exercise? <laughs> they tighten up. What's that word? How do you pronounce it? Atrophy? Atrophy. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So what happens to a servant who doesn't make a profit? Yes. Yes, he loses it. He's fired. I guess that's one way of saying you're fired back in those days, but it's more than being fired. According to the master, the service is lazy and useless. Get him out of here. Where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. I always wondered what gnashing of teeth is. Is that it? Uh, It's regret. It's, oh, I should have done, I should have done, and I should have done. It's just like you will rue this day. You will think back over and kick yourself because you didn't do something differently. So the point is, God has given us gifts. He expects us to honor him and help others with these gifts. Now, I uh, taught Sunday school a couple weeks ago on Mother's Day, and uh, kindergarten through second grade, a great crew. And uh, so I asked people, I said, let's say, for example, that you're good at skateboarding. I wanted to remove it from spiritual gifts, right? From, let's say you're good at skateboarding. Uh, how could you use your ability to skateboard to honor God and help others. And Jenny's okay to say what Heidi said? Okay. Heidi Z, Heidi Zivikoff says, do your best, help others learn to skateboard, say encouraging words to kids who aren't very good. I love that. Wow. That is how we should use our gifts. And so then I ask, well, what's the opposite? And Cole, is it okay, Nancy, to use this? (laughs) I wouldn't share it if it wasn't good. Okay. <laughs> Cole says the opposite of that would be to brag about it and to put kids down who aren't good at skateboarding. Man, man, I just, um, real wisdom. And then I asked them, so what gifts has God given to you? And some of them started writing them down. Uh, Heidi made a long list. It was like 20 things. Uh, and then I wanted, actually, my, my goal was to what gifts has God given your mom? This is Mother's Day, right? And what do you think you should do? Does she use her gifts to honor God and help you, help others like you? And so I was going to have them say, okay, mom, thank you very much. They didn't get there. They were still, well, uh, he gave me this and he gave me this. Um, that's the other part. Um, so what are you really good at? What gifts has God given to you? There was a, a woman that was a missionary in the Philippines that I was reading about uh, online. And she decided to try this out. And, and so she gave people, I don't know how much a bot is, a B-A-H-T. I don't know what that is, but it's a unit. And so she said, here you go. Use this for God's kingdom or to help other people. And so some of them, they came back and says, wow, that was serious stuff. I had to pray about, what should I do with this? What should I do with this? And one of them had somebody that came to them that, that had not eaten in two days. 
And so I gave them that, and they were able to eat. And somebody else used it as an investment. There was some person that wanted to start a little business, and they needed an investment. And, and so they plugged it in there, and they had all these things that they invested in someone else. But everybody said, wow, that was serious business. So you all have been given unbelievable gifts. How are we going to use those? What are we going to expect for an investment, a return on our investment? Seriously. Um, Could I ask the song team to come back up, and I'd like to sing uh, that last song we sang? Sure. Sure.